Today's daf is daf dalid, page four in the Heligim Mesechas Kedushin. We pick up on the bottom of Gimel Amud Beis, the bottom of three B, and we are on the very bottom line. We're up to Ella Mistavra. Let's remind ourselves of what we're learning. So, the Gemara was trying to find the source, trying to find a makar as to when a girl, a young woman, who's in the stage of Nara. So she's at the age of 12, but she has not yet reached physical maturity. If her father marries her off, he has rights to the money. We were trying to find the source for such a halacha. We attempted a number of different ways on Daf Gimel to try to prove it. Each one was knocked off. We're still stuck without a source. And that's the beginning of the agenda for today's Daf. So here we go. Says the Gemara. Ella, rather. Mistavra. It's logical. When the Torah was excluding something. What do you mean excluding something? So Rashi explains the original Pasuk that we meant when we said that when she leaves her master, when she leaves her master, there's no money. It means there's no money to this guy, but there is a money to the father. And we originally had a problem with that being the source. The Gemara wants to go back to that. Tapa today's daf. And says the Gemara, It's coming to exclude Kedushin, which is similar to the removing of an Amma Ivriya. Okay? What does that mean? What it means is that we're some way, shape, or form, we're going to keep focusing on, some way, shape, or form saying that Kedushin leaving, leaving uh, when it comes to marriage and leaving the jurisdiction of her old man is similar to leaving the jurisdiction of a master. They're very, very similar. And therefore, it makes sense to use that verse of ownership and servitude as a source for the father receiving the money. Says the Gemara, why? I don't understand your connection between the two Yitzis, between the two leavings. Why? Hasam, when she's leaving as a Nara, again, you have this young girl at age 10, her father, for example, her father sells her to be treated like Yiddish Mama. Comes age 12, it's over. She walks away, there's no money. Hasam over there, she completely leaves the jurisdiction, the domain of her master. But over here, when you have a 12-year-old girl getting married, getting married off by the father, is she completely leaving the father's domain and entering the husband's domain? No. You know why? Granted, her hand in marriage is given over to this man, but they have not yet moved in and consummated their marriage. They have not yet had chuppah. And until they have chuppah, the father has strings attached to her. And therefore, ask the Gemara a very basic question. And let's take a step back and bullet this into one point. So we're not confused. Which is, a 12-year-old girl, her father gets the money. Why? Says the Gemara. Because the verse by a 12-year-old girl who leaves servitude says... In Kosef, there's no money there. Oh, there there's no money, but there's money to her old man. Her old man gets money. 
says the Gemara, but what's the connection? When she leaves the jurisdiction of her owner, she's completely out. When she's 12 and her father accepts marriage for her, is she completely out of the father's domain? No, because the marriage hasn't yet been consummated. And therefore, don't tell me the verse of servitude is the source that the father gets the money because it's a whole different animal. It's as we say in our English language, you're dealing with apples and oranges. Even though scientifically I heard they're very similar, but that's the expression. All right? Fine. So it's separate. So the Gemara says, you're right. You're right that when the father marries her off, she's not completely out of his domain, but there are certain halachas that she does leave his domain, like the removal of vows. The time we learned in Mishnah, when the father betrothes the daughter, the husband and the father can both be made for her nadar. Okay, period. What's the Gemara answering? The Gemara is answering, you're right. Is it exactly the same? No. Again, is what? Is her leaving servitude and her leaving the father to be married exactly the same leaving? No. However, in some ways, she is leaving the father. And therefore, you have enough, enough of a similarity between leaving the domain of the owner, leaving the domain of the father. Does need to be a total similarity? Enough of a similarity. And this is a what we call a shikoladas. This is a, a, a very important type of answer. And the Gemara trains the Jewish mind how to think. What do we say originally? It's not, a, it's not the same. Once she completely leaves and once she partially leaves... Says the Gemara, fine, but let's focus on the parcel that she's leaving that helps us. Well, you're agreeing in some ways she's out of the Father's domain. So we'll take those halachas and we'll compare those halachas to her leaving of the owner's domain. All right. And then, and therefore? And therefore we can make a drasha by saying that when she, when she turns 12 and leaves the owner's domain, there's no money. But when she turns 12 and the father marries her off to leave his domain, the father does get the money. It is a it is a sensible drusha. You said the two are okay. similar. That's right. That's why it's a sensible drusha because the two are similar. You could connect the two things. One she doesn't get. He doesn't get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. The verse says v'yotza chinam. She goes free from her master of servitude. Ain kasef. There's no money by him. Says Gemara. For him, there's no money, but there's money to another master. That's while she's twelve years old. Who's that other master? Her dad. That's the drusha. Says Gemara, and we say she goes free without paying the servitude. Is that coming to teach me that the father gets the money but not the but not the master? The problem's as follows, and let's just pause and explain where we're going to go with this. Whenever you have words in the Torah, the halacha is you learn out one halacha per word or words. You can't learn out multiple halachas. So Gemara says you're using the word. She goes out free in Kesef without any money to teach me. The master doesn't get money, but the father gets money. Really? That's, that's what the verse is coming to teach me? There's this whole separate halacha. We need the verse for a, a different halacha in the following Titania. We learned in the Brisa. And she goes out free when she becomes Anara. What does that mean? Elu Yemei Bagras. These are referring to her becoming a full adult. Meaning, six months after turning 12, 
the girl automatically becomes a bagaris. That's v'yatsachina. Meaning like this. V'yatsachina, she goes out free. Okay? She becomes a full adult at 12 and 6 months. In Kasef, there's no money. What does that teach me? Elu Yumei Naris. It's referring to Yumei Naris, the age that she's 12, until she reaches physical maturity. Okay? She goes free, and she becomes a Nara. So what do you see from here? She goes free when she's a Nara, and she goes free when she's a full-fledged adult. So that's what I need the Pasuk for. Is anybody bothered by this? Yeah. What are you bothered by? First words were, you said she comes to Bulgaris? Yeah. And she becomes a Galvan? Nara. Nara. She goes free when she's a Nara. She goes free when she becomes a Bulgaris. Bulgaris comes after Nara. So what's the, what's the obvious question over here? How could she go free when she's a Bulgaris if she was already free when she's a Nara? Okay? Okay? We're, we're bringing a source to tell me a girl goes free when she becomes a Nara. If she exercises that. Okay, let's see, let's see, let's see. But then what's the second part? You could say if, same thing by if. So Vyatsachinam says the Gemara, she goes free, it's during the Yemei Bagus. What does Ein Kesef mean? That's Yemei Naris. So what are the, before we ask on this verse, what do you see from here? These words are coming to teach me that... There's no such thing as a Nara or a Bogeres being a maidservant. And if that's what this verse is teaching me, it's no longer available to teach me that the father gets the money. It's already used. Answers the Gemara Amr Avina, Imkain, if that would have been the whole Limud here, the whole Halacha is coming to teach me about a Nara and a Bogeres not being a, a maidservant, Le Makra in Kosef. You should have just said Ein Kosef. And look at how that, the, world, ain, the word Ein is spelled here. It should have said Aleph Nun. Ein Kosef. There's no money. What does it mean? My Ein Kosef. What is it, why, why is it spelled in full? Aleph Yud Nun. What does this teach me? Ein Kosef L'Odin Zeh. Aval Yesh Kosef L'Odin Acher. Umanihu Av. There's no Kosef to this guy. The extra Yud. Is teaching me there is kesef to this father, and hence, with this pasuk available to teach me all the halachas. Period. Okay. Now we're not done this mahalach. Let's just explain. This is very simple. The Gemara had a question: How can you tell me kesef? Tell how can you tell me kesef means the father gets the money? What do you mean? kesef teaches me that the nara goes free and the bogaris goes free. Answers the Gemara: You're right. I said, I don't know. The father gets the money from the extra yud. Okay, and now there's no problem because different parts are teaching me different halachas. You're good to go. Now, Steve's question is going to be the next question of the Gemara. I'm going to, I'm going to guess what your next question is. Says the Gemara, How do you know? How do you know the darshan like that? I know that part of the Pasuk is teaching me the first part. And how do you know that the Yod is teaching me for the Father? Where, do, where are you coming from? What's the source? The time we learned in the Bryce, um, the zera ain la in the elazara zera zara minayin says the Torah. If you have Rachel Kohn, Rachel Kohn, she's a kohenis. Marry Yaakov Yisrael, and Yaakov Yisrael dies 
and Rachel, Kohn, whose last name is now Yisrael, unless she held on to her last name, but either way, Vizera Einla, she has no offspring that are alive at the time that she becomes a widow. She has no children. The halacha is, she could go back to eating truma like a regular kahenis. See, if she would have children, she cannot go back to eating truma because her own children can't eat truma because they're Yisraelim. Their father is a Yisrael, Yaakov Yisrael. Vizera Einla, if she doesn't have kids, she could eat truma again. Says the Gemara, does this mean if she has children? What happens if she has grandchildren? Zara Zarman, how do I know? Let's say her children predeceased her, but she still has eight o'clock. She has no children, she has grandchildren? Yeah. How could that be? Their children predeceased her. Oh, I thought you meant. She and, but she still has eight o'clock. She has grandchildren. Yeah? Zara Zarman, I know that if she has grandchildren, she cannot go back to eating truma. Talmud Laimar, Zera Einla. What does Zera Einla, what does the Yud mean? Ayinla, look at it. Examine it. Check it out. Now, what are you checking out? What you're checking out is, that means you have to, you have to know what's what. It's not just a, a, a broad stroke. What do you mean you have to know? Ayinla, examine. Not, maybe she doesn't have kids, but maybe she has Einikluch. Maybe she got a grandchild somewhere. Ve'ele yela Zera Kosher. And I only know... That maybe I would say, if she has legitimate offspring, she cannot go back to eating shuma. Zara Minayan. How do I know that, let's say her kids are mamzer? Let's say she has kids who are mamzer. She was an Ashish. She was married to Yaakov Yisrael. He died childless, but she had, she had uh, an affair. And she has kids. Maybe she can go back to eating shuma. Maybe they're not con- the, these, these illegitimate kids are not considered kids. Maybe it's not called Zara. No, Zara Einla, again, Einla. You, you check whether she has any, any children whatsoever, ever, any offspring, any seed. If there's any offspring there, it gets in the way of eating chuma. So you see from over here that the Yud in the word Ein is teaching me Ein, is teaching me examine, check, see what's up. Vaha Fikte Lazara Zara. Says the Gemara, okay, but the Yud. Don't tell me it's coming to include illegitimate offspring. You just told me the Yud is coming to include Einachlach. Which one is it? Says the Gemara. Let me tell you something. Beautiful Limur. I'm not there. I don't know. Zera Zara Loi Itzrichkro. To tell me that she doesn't, she's not allowed to eat Juma if she has Einachlach, she has grandchildren. You know what? I don't even need a source for that. You know why? They say grandchildren. Are like children, even better. You know why? You could send them back home. Right. <laughs> right? So why do you, you need the yud? Huh? I, I'm just taking notes. I just take notes. I take notes. Ki So when do you need the psukim? Lazar apostle. I don't need the yud to teach you about Enoch being like children. You know why? That's that's self understood. That grandchildren are like children. What's not self-understood is that illegitimate offspring, mamish, have the status of offspring. And that's what the Yud is coming to teach me. Bottom line is, though, the Gemara just proved that whenever you have the word Ein, Aleph Yud Nun, you could take the Yud, and that means examine. So too, 
we're going to say by the uh, so too we're going to say by uh, by our case. What does it mean? Uh, what does it mean? Examine. It's referring to the uh, the the father. Yeah, that's what ain kesef ain kesef It's coming to teach me learn up something else. Vivaldik. Okay. Says the Gemara Viter. Here we go. The Tanagu Feminali the Darashachi. How does Tanah know the Darshan like that? Amri Ksev Mayin Mayin Bilam U Mayin Yavami. It says Mayin Bilam and Mayin Yavami. What does Mayin mean? This is when Bilam refused to go along with um, with the uh, uh, from not what Mayin. Yeah, not. exactly. Yeah. So he, he he refused to come with us. He said, "I'm not coming." Not, not happen. Um, and also me'in yavami, which means that the uh, you have a yavama, and they do chalitza. So she says the brothers refusing to the brothers refusing to perpetuate his brother's name in klal yisur. The like siv yud there in both those psukim of refusal, it's spelled ein is aluf nun. There's no yud. The like siv yud siv yud. Here it's written with a yud. Okay, what the zera einla is written with a yud. Shmamina ledrasha udasa. It must be. It's coming for a drasha. Okay, what does it mean coming for a drasha? It's extra. The ishrich lemichtav kedushel lavia. The ishrich lemichtav maisiadel lavia. Okay. Says the Gemara. We're now gonna sh- we're now gonna segue. What's the segue? We just proved. Yesterday we didn't come up with a source. Again, what are we do- what are we doing here? We tried coming up with a source that the father receives the marriage money when she's a Nara, when she's 12 years old, if she's not yet a Bulgaris. If she hasn't yet reached full maturity, father gets the money. What's the source? Something we thought yesterday was not a source. We're now going back to it and we're saying, the Zara Ein Law. I'm sorry, the source is Ein Kesef, Ein Kesef. There's no money to the master of a Mavriya. But there is money to the father. And the extra yud, teach me the father gets the money. So bottom line, halacha lamaisa, practically speaking, father gets the money, we know that. What's the source? Going back to the beginning of today's Gemara, source is the yud. The yud in Ein Kosef. No Kosef to that master, yesh Kosef to this master. Fine. But now let's pause. Now that we know this, the Gemara is going to want to figure out why this source is even necessary. Now that we've found the source, we're going to re-ask again. And we're going to say like this. We just proved that the marriage money of an hour goes to her own man. We learned yesterday as well that any income that an hour earns, 12-year-old girl earns, goes to her old man. Why do I need sources telling me the father gets the money, both by her income and by her marriage? Maybe I should be able to learn one out from the other. I now have two sources teaching me that money goes to, goes to her father. Why? By, by her marriage? The father gets money. Please explain The her. husband to marry a woman puts a ring on her finger. Yeah. If she's 12 years old, the husband could hand the ring to the father, and with that, she's married. She doesn't have to be the one to receive the money. The father could be the one to receive the money. When you say money, in this case, you mean the ring. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. we could engage her with, with, with cash. cash. Yeah. V'eshech l'michtav kedushah l'aviyah, l'michtav maisi yodeha l'aviyah. And we need to 
um, we need to uh, a source to teach me the, the marriage money goes to the, fa- the the money for marriage goes to the father, and we need a source to tell me that the, the income money goes to the father. How do I know that? Says the Gemara like this: would have written that the money of Kedushin goes to her father. I would have thought to say Mishom It's because she the. Havamina, I would have said, Mishum Delay Tarchabu, that she's not working for this. Avomaisi Adel, the Katarchabu, she's not working to get married. She's getting married. Avomaisi Adel, when it comes to her own income, the Katarchabu, she's working 10 hours a day. Why should her dad get anything? Why should her father get the money? I would say she keeps it. And if I would have only said the money of her work goes to the father, I would say the Mitzanamine. Because guess whose house she lives in? Father's. Her father's. You live in my house and you work, so uh, you, you pay to help out. But Kedushin that comes from nothing to do with the father. The father's not paying anything when it comes to Kedushin. That's money coming from a husband. I would say she gets to keep it. Therefore, I need a source for both monies going to the father. Beautiful. Okay, here we go. Gufa, a piece of a previously quoted Bryson. This girl, when she leaves the domain of her master, goes free. We said this is referring to going free if she reaches full-fledged adulthood. In Kasef, there's no money that needs to be paid. This is referring to Naris. This is referring to while she is a Nar. What does that mean? As soon as a young lady reaches the age of Nara, reaches age 12, even without physical maturity, what's the halacha? She's out. Now what's the obvious question? We left this hanging before. If she goes out when she turns 12, how in the world is she going out when she turns 12 and 6 months? She's already gone. Here we go. Ask the Gemara, Just tell me, she goes out free when she turns 12. And you don't got to tell me she goes free when she turns 12 or 6 months. You know why? She ain't there. Oh, my Rabbah, Rabbah says, That what the Pusik is doing is each one is coming to teach me the next thing. Which means I want to just preface what we're about to say. What it's telling me is like this. You're right that it's an impossibility for her to go free as a Bygaris. If she's already free as a nar. Except here's the problem. Here's what we're, the Gemara is going to build up. If I would have only said, the chinam, she goes free. I wouldn't know specifically at what age. So I would always take the more lenient approach. The, 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 all I know is, okay, so when does she go free? I would say when she's a full-fledged adult. Because who, who, who says it means when she's an Ara? When she, she goes free. She's out. We know it means at some stage of adulthood. Unless you could prove it's the younger stage of adulthood. I don't know that. So if I'd only say one, I would only know the, the lesser Kiddush. That's what I mean by lenient. I'd only know the lesser Kiddush. I, I would say, okay, so maybe she talked to stays until she's a Begaris. So now that I say two of them, that shows me that it's not only Abigaris, it's even when she's a Nara. Again, what was our question? Our question is, why do you got to tell me both? 
Yotzah Chinam, she goes on free when she's in Ari. Ain't Kesef, no money, means she goes on free when she's in Bagaris. Ah, she's not there. Says the I know, I know, I know. It's true, valid, valid, valid. However, it's still necessary to write both. Again, why? Let's reiterate. Because if I only would have said one, I wouldn't know that she's already out by Nara. I would only take the lesser Kiddush. Therefore, I say both, and one builds upon the other to tell me she goes out free when she's a Bagaris. And not only that, you should know, she even goes free six months earlier. Now, let's learn this inside and prove that this type of drusha works in the Torah. So what, is, so what is she going out for? Me did uh, from, no, from from servitude, from servitude. She went out at 12. No, she's not. I wouldn't know she goes out at twelve if I only would have said viyatzachinam. I would say it means that when she's a complete adult. Now that I say it twice, it teaches me oh, not only a complete adult, I mean even a younger adult. It explains. We find this concept when it comes to uh, a taishav v'sachir. A taishav v'sachir is two types of Jewish servants. One is a servant for six years. One is a servant until Yaitel. Taishav means a worker that dwells with you. Sakhir is a hired worker. Which one's which? So they're both, you don't own, you never own the body of a Hebrew slave, a Hebrew servant. No such thing. So it says, by Taishav Sakhir, the Tanya, we learned in the Brisa, Taishav, what is a ever? A servant who's called a Toshav, a dweller. Zekanoi Kenyan Island. It's referring to somebody who's there until Yovel. Sachir, what's considered a hired hand? Zekanoi Kenyan Shonim. That's referring to somebody who's acquired for years, six years. Okay? Now, Yoimar Toshav Layamar Sachir. So why don't we say that now. The halacha by both of them, by the way, is if their master is a kayin, they're not allowed to eat shurma. Only an Evid Kanani who's owned can eat shurma. An Evid Ivri cannot eat the shurma of his master who's a kayin because his master doesn't own him. He's not called Kenyan Kaspa. He's not called an acquisition. All right? So, ask the Gemara, Yemar Toshul, Yemar Sacher. Why don't you tell me that a Yevel servant can't eat shurma and I'll know for sure that a, a, a six-year one can't eat shuma. If a guy who's there all the way till Yaival can't eat shuma, he's not considered owned by the Kayin. So, how much more so if you're only going to work for lesser time or you're not called part of the family? Ilu came, but if I only would have said Taishav, the problem's like this. If I would have only said Taishav, I wouldn't know that a Taishav means a Yovel, a long-term servant. You know what I would say a Taishav means? A six-year servant. I won't even know what type of servant I'm referring to. I would say uh, that a Yevel servant could eat. And therefore the Torah says both. Taishav and a Sacher. Why? Okay. Beautiful. So simple answer. We had a question. Again, why do you got to tell me she goes out free without money when she's a Bagera? She already went out when she's an Ara. Says Gemara, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I still mention both. Because if I only would have mentioned one, I would have said, when she's a Begeris, she goes free. When she's a Nara, she doesn't. If I mention it tw- twice, I'm telling you, not only Begeris, even a Nara. Amr le You're saying if you mention that she's uh, That she goes free. Uh, okay. Why can't you just leave it at that? Because I wouldn't know what age. doesn't say explicitly. Uh, a Nara is 12 years old. Yeah. Doesn't, no, all the verse says is, She goes out free without money. It's all it says. I don't know if I'm dealing with a 12-year-old or a 12-and-a-half-year-old. I don't know. Okay. By mentioning both, now I know. 
By using both, I now know it's a 12, 12 six months, and 12. Amalei Abayabai says, Mi dummy. What's the similarity between our halacha and the halacha of a kayin? Hasam, by the case of the kayin, hasa tregu feininu. You have two separate entities. Meaning, one type of eved, one type of servant is there for six years, one type of servant is there for yaifel. Tehi nami kasvachwana taisha of nirza la yaifel. If the Torah would have said, a taisha of nirza. Now a nirza for sure means a yovel guy. Yeah? A nirza, you, 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 you make a hole in his ear with an all. Right, and he said, after six years, I want to stay all the way until Yovel, till maximum of the uh, fifty-year uh, end of the fifty-year cycle. So, what does that mean so that? it could have said a doesn't eat chuma, but hadar and then write that a six-year one uh, should not eat chuma. Why? Have a because the whole problem of a of a hired hand of a sochir, um not eating chuma is logic. There's a rule in the Torah, and this comes up in this week's parsha. We, we we mentioned this a couple of days ago, which is even things that are illogical. For example, appoint officers and judges. Still, the Torah writes it. Even things that can be figured out through logic, Torah, the Torah bothers itself, so to speak, because of lakra, and it mentions it in the pasuk. Okay, to give it a stamp, give it a, the logic, a stamp of approval. But when it comes to this young lady who's going free, she's one body. She's the same person. She's either 12 or 12 and 6 months. Once she left at age 12, what is she doing there? It is simply an impossibility for a young lady to ever be a baigeres. And therefore the Gemara is asking a very strong question. The Gemara is saying like this. I know what you want to say, Tenler. I know what you want to say. What you want to say is, oh, you got to mention Bagheras and Nara. Why? Because otherwise I wouldn't know the specific age. Now I just covered my basis. Laura says, that's all fine and dandy if there's, even, if there's a possibility that, that even exists. If it's possible to exist, I get why you're writing both. Like, the Hebrew maidservant of a kayin, the, the Hebrew male servant of a kayin. You can have one type of servant of six years, you can have a type of servant of a yoyvel. We say, okay, which one doesn't eat shuma? Both this one and that one. I get it. But would the Torah ever write something that is simply an impossibility? Meaning, it's an impossibility to ever have a young lady and got Hebra, this is Halacha Lamaisa, by the way. You know the whole parsha that we learn about Jewish servitude, a guy steals or he sells himself and he pays it off. That's all men. That's for men. It is an it's impossible for a Jewish woman to ever be a maidservant. It's an impossibility. It doesn't, doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. It's impossible. Only if she's a katana. Until age twelve, the father has a right to sell her off as a Yiddish mama, as an Amavriya. Give out. What happens when she's a Nara? She's out. Uh, what about by Garris? She's already out. Gemara's asking. It's, a, it's simply an impossibility. The Torah's not going to write something that is, that is impossible. Don't, don't go there, says the Gemara. Ella Marabai. Rather, Rabai says, I'll tell you why it is possible. And this is opening up a fascinating halacha, a fascinating can of worms concerning 
a girl who's an islandess. We're going to explain shortly what this is. Let's learn this through. So could I have a Benaro's tape book? I would have said that as soon as she becomes a Benaro, she's out. But Bagrus like tape book, but not with Bagrus. She's not freed with Bagrus. Okay? Kamash Malon. Therefore, the Torah lets me know that she does become, uh, she does become free when she becomes a, uh, an islandess becomes free when she becomes a Bagaris. Okay. When does she become a Bagaris? At age 20. Now, what in the world are we talking about? What's happening here? So what's happening is as follows. How do you become a Nara? How do you become a Nara? You become a Nara when you reach a certain stage of puberty. The body starts to change. You reach a certain age. Every young woman, 99.9% of young women, have two stages of halacha, of adulthood. Stage number one is called naris, where she's a semi-adult. Stage number two is bagras. How do you become bagaris? When your body now shows its completion of puberty, shteisaris, the two black hairs that are long enough to fold over, whatever the halachas are about that. Now here's the deal. There is a very small percentage of people that their bodies simply do not form in the usual manner. There's a girl, a woman, who's called an islandess. An islandess is a woman whose body does not take on the regular usual form of a woman's body. She doesn't grow shteisaros. She doesn't have specific types of breast development. She cannot, she doesn't have doesn't menstruate. Okay? If you have a woman with a body like that, when does she become a Bagaris? The answer is at age 20. An islandess, there's a lot of ramifications to halachas of an islandess. We, we went through it specifically in Mesachas Yavamas. Right? If you have a, a, a woman who gets married and shows her husband dies childless, but she's an islandess, there's no mitzvah of yibo. Yeah, simply it's impossible. There's a lot of fascinating halachas when, when it comes to this. So says the Gemara. That's what that's what we're that's what we're uh, handling over here. That's what we're uh, referring to when we need to give a separate pasuk, a separate verse when uh, in the Torah telling me that uh, that she goes free. She's not going to reach naris, so she's not going to go free. I we said it's impossible to come by Garris without being an hour first. Says Gemara, no, it's not impossible to be by Garris without being an hour first. I'll tell you why. You could be an islandess. You never reach the stage of Naris. You went straight to being a Bagaris, and that takes place at age twenty. And that's why the Torah says uh, both the Yatzachinam and Kasef. It is a possible circumstance to go straight from Katnus to Bagaris. It is possible. Maslo Marbaravashi. Marbaravashi is a challenging question. Okay. Maslo Marbaravashi. Marbaravashi is a challenging question. Velav Kavachaymer who. Don't we have a Kavachaymer over here? Just like when she, a regular girl, when she becomes 12, which she doesn't completely leave the domain of her father. Right? The father keeps certain rights. Still, she automatically is free from her master. So a Bagrus that completely takes her out of her father's domain. And we should be able to learn now from the Yatsachinam itself 
that whether she's a Nara, whether she's a Bagera, she goes free. I don't need a Kesef to teach me that she doesn't go free, that, um, that she doesn't pay as a, a Bagaris. It's Pashat, it's simple. I know the Halakha from Makal Vachaymer. Allah rather says, you're right. We have to change things around over here. Why do we need the Pasuk of the Yatsachinam? Ella Ikar Zvina the Islandess is coming to teach us that even a girl who's, who ended up being an islandist. Now, you don't know this when she's 10. You don't know what's going to happen when she, when she reaches adult and she become an islandist. I would say that maybe if you sell a girl who's an islandist, get ready for this, at age 10, maybe the sale was never valid originally. Maybe it was never a valid sale. Why? The Asya Simoninaris Havizvine. So, I mean, I would have thought the Asya Simoninaris, when, when ultimately she assigns a Naris, that means that retroactively the sale was valid. But let's say there's no signs of Naris, like in Islandis. Maybe I would say the sale is not valid, uh, is not valid at all. Why? So Mepharshim here explained like this. Why would I say you could never, a father could never sell his daughter who's not going to reach Naris? I'll tell you why. Because we know, we know that in the usual circumstances... When a parent, when the father sells the daughter biblically as a Yiddish mama, how long is she going to be there for? I'll tell you. If she's nine, she'll be there for three years. If she's ten, she'll be there for two years. If she's eleven, she'll be there for one year. If she's eleven and a half, she'll be there for six months. At the time that the parents are giving her over to that other family, they know exactly the time limitations. Maybe... When there's a known time limitation, that's where the Torah allows such a thing to take place, such an amavriyat to happen. But if you're gonna be, but if it turns out she's an islandess, what that proves is the whole original sale. Nobody knew what was going on. She's nine year old. You sold her. What the parents think? Three years. She's there till she's twenty. Ended up being. <laughs> Right, eleven years. That wasn't the original intent. Nobody knew that, so I would say maybe the whole original sale is Iker. She was never even a Mavri in the first place. Yeah, I would have said it's not even a sale. Kamash over the Kiddush of the Torah is that no, it's considered a sale. Why? She's a Nara. No, she's not a Nara. She's an Islandess. It was a valid sale, and still she goes straight to Bagras. Okay. The Yatsachinam Bakhum. Kamashmal Yatsachinam Okay. Says the Gemara. We have a anyway. We don't need a Pasuk. We know for sure that an islandess goes out. We already said, even if it's logic. His whole question was. It's logic. What did a pasuk for? Says the Gemara. But one second, Mar Baravashi, pause. We just said that even things that are logical will write in the Torah. We'll put it in the Torah anyway. What, what, why is it bothering you? Says Gemara. A very important uh, um, qualification. Where do we say that the Torah will write something which is logic? That is when you're forced to say that. If you have no other option, and you're like, why does it say that? I could figure that out from Kavachimer. 
If you're forced to say it, we'll be like, okay, you know what? It, it does happen. But, we don't like that. That's not a, that's not a plan A answer. Plan a, play, plan a is we look to find what is the novel idea of the word in the Torah that I would not have known logically. Mishaninan will give that answer. And over here, since you have another possible uh, answer, which is, there's a Chiddush. What's the Chiddush over here the Torah is telling me? That a sale of an islandess is actually a valid sale. I'm going to use that as the, as the novel idea that the Torah is coming to teach me. Okay. Says the Gemara. We learned that the money for marriage of Anara goes to the father. The money for marriage of a regular woman goes to her. We brought sources. Says the Gemara. There's another source that you could use for these halachas. When a man takes, marries a woman, takes her hand in marriage. And it comes out. He takes her hand in marriage and they end up getting divorced. Why do they end up getting divorced? Because she's immoral. What does it mean to take? So we learned already on Daf Bez, page 2, right at the beginning of our Masechda. What does it mean to take? Take means with money, like the field of Ephraim. Okay, so we see that taking means money. Money could be used for marriage. Says the Gemara, why do I need this verse and this connection to the field of Ephron to teach me you can use money in marriage? I know that anyway. Logic will tell me I could use money for marriage. You know why? Ready for this. A father sells his 10-year-old daughter as a maidservant. A Hebrew maidservant. How she acquired? Usfle. Flus. Cash. Could a master acquire her with marital relations? No. Bia is not going to work. Doesn't work. Says the Gemara, here's the logic. You ready? When it comes to taking ownership of a young lady... The only way for her to become an Amavriya is through money. So Zush and Niknes when it comes to marriage, where a woman is much, where you can acquire a woman with relations, which means it's easier to acquire in marriage than it is outside of marriage, than it is Amavriya. How much more so do we say that you can acquire with money? This is a classic Gemara approach, right? Bia, does it acquire her for marriage? Yeah. Does it require her for servitude? No. Well, if you could acquire for marriage with Bia, and you can't do it with servitude, so then if money works for servitude, how much more so should it work for marriage? Marriage is much easier. I don't need a source at all. Forget all the verses of money for marriage. Says the, says the Gemara, pause. Yavama techiach. Well, the Yavama will prove that that's bad logic. You know why? Because the Yavama, again, what's Yavama? A woman's husband dies childless. What's the, what's the halacha? Her, his brother marries her. Now, how does his brother marry her? Could he give her money? No. How do you marry? How do you do yibum? 
only with Bia, only with marital relations, says the Gemara. So you see from here, look at the case of Yavama. What do you want to tell me? What do you want to tell me? Hold on. That Bia is, is, a, is a, um, a stronger approach than money. It's not true. Because by Yibum, the new couple can only consummate the marriage of Bia and money doesn't work. So you see, just because, just because Bia works doesn't necessarily mean money works. By Yibum it doesn't work. So maybe by a regular marriage it doesn't work. We're trying to say it works, right? Automatically. If Bia works, money works. Ah, uh, says the Gemara, not true. Because by Yibum, Bia works and money doesn't work. Says the Gemara, Miley Bishtar. Well, you're right. Except by Yibum, guess what? Remember, there's three ways to acquire a woman. Money, document, and marital relations. By, by Ibum, you're limited to one. Only Bia. Taibar Bazushnik is Bishtar. Says Gemara. Maybe by Ibum, you can't acquire with money. You know why? Because you're limited to one approach. But a regular marriage, which we know, can be a consummated. Not consummated. Acquired with Bia. And we know it could be a car with a document. I already have two out of three that I know. So I will say logic dictates you could use money too. Why do I need a Xerashava? Why do I need to learn out from Ephron's field? Therefore it says, Kikachish, which tells me, uh, I'm sorry. Okay, so you can't compare. Okay, no, no. Therefore it says, when a man takes a woman, which teaches me, that we're using stay Ephraim to teach me that the uh, Kedushin could be effective with money. Says the Gemara, Halamalikra, Ha'asyala. One second. You just told me that logic dictates you could marry a woman with money. Why? She has Bia, she has Star, you should allow her to use money. Why do I need Kikachish? What do I need that, that source for at all? Amravashi, Ravashi says, Mishamdikla Memar Meikara the Dina Pircha. Because this whole logic could be. Uprooted from the beginning. How do we know that you can marry with money? I would say from Amavriya. That's the logic, yeah? Forget everything we've learned about Ephron's field. Let's say I wouldn't have that source. What are we trying to say here? How do you know you can marry with money? Hebrew maid servant. Hebrew maid servant. That's the source you can marry with money, right? No, no money to her master, but there is money. To her old man in marriage. Yeah, that's going to be the source. Yeah. Yeah. Does she go with money? She go out with, uh, with uh, Kesef? What does it mean she goes out with money? It means like this. Once she reaches age 12, she could say, see you later. What if she's at age 11? She could pay off her master and redeem herself. And say, I'm leaving. Can a woman do that from marriage? No such thing. Can't say that. Okay? You can't say She doesn't leave marriage through money. In other words, maybe Amavriya is not a good source for marriage. Because by Amavriya, she could leave with money. Marriage doesn't have with money. Therefore, it says, I need the field of Ephraim to counteract that problem. So now, what's coming out is we have two different sources, both working in tandem, teaching me. That you can marry with money. Number one is 
no money to the master, but yes, money to the father by marriage. So we see there's a source for marriage. And we also said, when a man takes a woman, and the word take is from Ephron's field, so there's money. We have two sources. I need both sources. Why? Because if we only use the source of would said that when it comes to money of marriage, the it she owns it. Therefore, it says she goes free, which means that the father could keep the money if she's a nara. And if it only would have said that she goes out free without money, I would have said that if she gives money to him, that the money is valid. Meaning, I would have thought like this. If money can affect marriage, who says it has to be from man to woman? Let the woman affect the marriage by paying him. Which, by the way, we're going to see there is a possibility for such a thing. Later on, Bez Hashem. We're going to see later on. There is a possibility. huh? Where does the father get the money? Well, it's only because the husband does have to pay. But I would have thought there's no difference which direction the money goes. Uh, money and marriage and the sources. Okay? Bez Hashem, let's hold it here. Let's hold it here. We have three minutes till Mincha, so I don't want to, I don't want to be late. We're up to two dots. The next Gemara is going to just bring out, now that we explained Kesef, you could acquire and get married with money. We said you could also get quite, uh, acquire a woman through marital relations. How do you know that marital relations is an acquisition? Maybe it's just an act. Who says that you, it's mamish like a Kenyan? It's an acquisition that we're going to go through. Bez Hashem, the two dots we'll pick up from here tomorrow on Erev Shabbos. Again, Chaydesh, reminder on Friday in the summer where we do Dafyami at 9.30 a.m. in Shul or on Zoom. So uh, uh, we'll pick up from here tomorrow morning. Again, Chaydesh, and have a wonderful evening.